We're bringing back all the old sports here on uh, Just Another Sports Podcast. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we started by talking about horse racing after the Kentucky Derby and I think the Preakness, too. And uh, this week, we're going to start off with a little boxing. Uh, welcome in, everyone. Greg Swatek, Josh Smith, and we're joined by Alan Etzler, uh, FMP City Editor. How are you, Alan? Good to have you back. Yeah, it's you good to be here. You never me how I am. How, how are you, Josh? <laughs> Skip right over no, and go right just, to the just, special he guest. He just automatically knows you're terrible. You're just I thought you were going to say great. I'm always, I'm always wonderful if oh, I'm yeah. here. Always chipper. I, I, just thought always. You, I just thought you didn't care how, <laughs> if we asked how you I, are. I really so, don't. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, uh, so on Saturday, uh, a headline caught my eye around midnight because there was a heavyweight boxing match. And it wasn't the headline that caught my eye so much as the picture of uh, a- Andy Ruiz Jr., a, a 29-year-old Mexican fighter, uh, knocking down and uh, uh, the statuesque, uh, right, uh, Anthony, uh, Joshua. Anthony Joshua of, of Great Britain, and it was just a jarring picture because uh, Anthony Joshua is this undefeated British heavyweight. He's he's ripped. He's he's got a chiseled chiseled physique. And uh, Andy Ruiz, uh, not, not 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 so much. <laughs> He's the everyman. Right. Uh, he looked like he had a few beers and a cheeseburger before he uh, stepped into the ring. Apparently, he was getting booed uh, by the Madison Square Garden crowd when, when he stepped into the ring because they're like, like, who it is this? this who, right. Right. Who is this guy? I and mean, what, what, what are we about to watch? And, and he was it, a fill-in, right? Too. And and then he goes and uh, and then beats uh, the undefeated Anthony Joshua, and it was just. The, the image is just great because it's like his stomach is like flopping over his shorts. He appears way out of shape. It, it looks like they just picked the guy out of the crowd to, to, to fight Anthony Joshua. And by the end of the night, he's holding three heavyweight. Uh, he's holding that three was heavyweight amazing. title belts. They, like so. handing him the belts, and he just yeah, had like he couldn't a, even hold them all. Right? Yeah, it was crazy. That was fun to watch. Yeah, so, 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 I mean, the guy's not a terrible fighter. I mean, he only has one loss in his career. I, I think he's 33-1 and yeah. one, uh, in his career. All you had to so. do is watch some of those highlights, and you could tell yeah. the guy's hands are, are, are light like lightning. I mean, And he does not appear out of shape no. other than his aesthetic. Well, you know that what it reminds me of, and Alan can relate to this, is, is when you watch MMA, or I've watched MMA for a long time, you get a lot of this, where you get guys, especially heavyweights. Some the of true the guys, heavyweights. Yeah, they're, they're, they have to make 265, but some of these guys are, like Roy Nelson comes to mind. He, he's built almost- Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt's another one. but Even Cormier to yeah, an extent. and they can pack an incredible punch. And uh, not to mention those guys, but Fedor Emelianenko, this, the Russian legend, um, also was incredibly flabby. Like he just he wasn't like an impressive physique at all. Climbing into the into the cage or into the ring against these dudes who are just packed with muscles, and then he would beat them. You even see it in pro wrestling. Like one, yeah. of, one of the greatest pro wrestlers ever, Ric Flair, was not like this. Yeah. he was not like this ripped right. guy. But he, was, Snake he was well known for his right he had, stamina he, and endurance and how long he, he could. He had he had an average physique, but yeah. but but he could he could go all night. Literally, yeah. in, in more ways what than What are we one talking problem. about here? So, yeah. So, um, Woo! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, and, and some people were firing uh, on Twitter and social media about this guy. Like, I can't believe this. And, of course uh, and, and, they like, are. and, like, Andy Ruiz is, like, firing back. He's like, you might want to look at my record. Yeah. Like, I've been fighting for 10 years. Yeah. And I and I've only you, lost once. Yeah, you don't so. get you don't get a spot opposite Anthony Joshua by being a tin can or tomato right. can. Like the guy knows how to fight. And all you need to like, again, like all you need to do is watch it. And the fact that people were booing him on his way in, like you're idiots. And these are these are people who are there. These are right. what you would, Knowled, you would quote unquote, what you would believe to be knowledgeable, knowledgeable bo- boxing fans. Yeah, exactly. And they're booing this guy. Like do some homework. I mean, you can't you can never you can never judge a book by its cover in in, in those combat sports. Right. You like. I don't, I don't know how you know how many times we've been taught that lesson over the years. So and you can also like never just write someone off as yeah. not having a chance, especially in boxing, more in boxing yeah. than in MMA. Very much because so. a real puncher's chance is actually a chance. In MMA, if you're just a puncher and that's all you can do, there's ways that the guys exactly. can get around that. But in boxing, like you have to stand there and get punched in the face. And they're longer fights too, right. so the chances of you catching them or getting caught. Is is much higher than an MMA. So and, and he was a fill-in, so you could say that Anthony Joshua didn't have he wasn't adequately prepared to, to fight this right. guy. Or didn't have much time to prepare, so he's immediately invoked his rematch clause. And I think they're going to fight again in uh, either November, or December. Yeah. They're they're lining it up. So 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 if he gets caught again by uh, by Ruiz, then <laughs> that's on him. But um, real but, real missed opportunity for him 
in in kind of ducking this Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder super yeah. fight, which last I heard there was like forty seven million on the table mm-hmm. for that fight. Mm-hmm. Like, should have taken it. Yeah. Well, he you know because well, now not that many people are really interested in that. And fight it's going to take a much longer period of time for the rematch with Ruiz to occur. And if he wins that, then there's going to be a break between that and the actual fight if he gets to Fury or Wilder. But, you know, there were some interesting things just in the highlights that I saw that need to be mentioned is that and that is Joshua knocked him down in the third round, mm-hmm. I think it was, when a lot of this action took place. And I'm sure everybody and and it's funny because the commentators were like, oh, and he, you know, here we go. You know, he knocks him down and it looked like it was be- the beginning of the end. And that guy just shook it off and got up and was almost better, like, moment right after he got knocked down. Mm-hmm. And he put him down a couple of times in that round. And I don't know, Joshua didn't – he did not seem like he wanted to fight. That third time he, he went down – He did not he was, seem like he wanted to be there. He was done, yeah. Yeah, and he I, – I, I wondered if he was gassed, if yeah. he was just tired and he too was tired it, to I fight, or, yeah. or was he out on his feet? Like, because he stands up, he walks, he's not wobbling, he's not on, on wobbly legs – he, you know, he's listening to the referee, doing what the referee says, but he just looks disinterested. He went, but he went to his corner, and he didn't. So I guess he went to his corner, and the the ref said was handing him his mouthpiece. He didn't take his mouthpiece, and he just kind of stood there for a few seconds. I think seconds. he was just done. I think he was, yeah, he was probably trying to figure out like what was going on and what he needed to do, and his brain, like the synapses weren't firing. And I, I think he was in shock too. He, because, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Because when you look at this guy, like it's the old cliche: you can't judge a book. By, by by its cover and and I think he immediately yeah. dismissed Andy Ruiz uh, too and said oh this this will be like a quick fight and then when, when he's getting resistance all of a sudden and getting knocked down I I, I think his brain was yeah. was really scrambled in more ways than yeah. one so well it was good to um, see that he did he in terms of sportsmanship he you know he did congratulate him was very humble about it at all and um so i mean that was good to see he got beat fair and square you know it's you, right you, you got to step into those ropes in between those ropes and 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 do it and uh yeah he's, he's the he first fell short yeah he's the first mexican um heavyweight uh, very cool story too. very and, cool and with the population of mexico i was going to ask you guys this being both of you are fans of the combat sports like with the ufc kind of in a lull that there's not a lot of star power in the ufc like results like this and and some of the other intriguing like heavyweight boxing is Wilder, if you're, uh, they got to fight though, right? Yeah. These guys yeah. have to fight. Right? Do you do you think boxing could enjoy a little bit of a resurgence here? I think there's a general resurgence in interest in boxing. I think there's too many organizations. That's always there's, been the case. There's yeah. no one place where the best people like like the UFC. That is where everyone goes to fight, and you fight the best there. And the WWE, even like all of the biggest wrestlers, go to that company. They're monopolized, though, right? Essentially. In boxing, it's the WBC and all sorts I, I, of different I, 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 organizations that I don't, I don't know, I don't even know the names of. You just know that the fighters are big, but they can't get in the ring together. Too many people get involved in the decision making process when yeah. it comes to promoters and and. Boxing's biggest are... problem is bureaucracy. Yeah, right. And before we came in, I had to jot down the three belts that uh, <laughs> well, exactly. Andy, Andy, Andy Ruiz won. He won the WBO belt, the World Boxing Organization, the IBF belt, the International Boxing Federation, and the WBA belt, the World Boxing Association. So, yeah, see, just get uh, like, rid like, of like them. The, like no one could even tell you what three belts he won. Right. Just get rid of them. World Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> yeah, but at least there is this resurgence because whenever uh, boxing. Uh, experiences this it's because of heavyweights and that's good to see there's like five guys now that um you know people want to see fight and these guys just these promoters and everybody they just need to figure it out and they these these guys need to meet and you know uh, routinely over the next couple of years and, and the other thing boxing, alive. boxing's had some pretty good fighters in, in the yeah. past but these guys got some personality the yeah. wilders and now i mean Andy Ruiz's story is re- is, yeah. is compelling enough that he can kind of learn how to be a personality. Tyson Fury, I Fury's think, is a, a great hilarious personality. Yeah, um, and even Joshua has this kind of charisma about him. He's a little quieter than everybody else, but he does have a charisma about him. So like, they're they're interesting to watch mm-hmm. more than just fight. Yeah, people were saying it's the biggest upset, one of the biggest upsets in boxing history, which I think it was. But they were like putting it up there with the Buster Douglas Tyson knockout and Anthony Joshua, as great as he is, he's not. He's not Mike Tyson. I mean, he's not. No one's calling him the baddest man on the planet, and he, he didn't have the 
fear that Tyson right. just instilled in his opponents. So, so I, I want to put it on that scale with with Buster. That, that was a, <laughs> I mean, that was one of the most shocking upsets in sports history. Right, I, you're right, I, I, but I you can. I think you can mention it as one of the biggest uh, upsets, in, in boxing. Sure. And what were the odds? He was like a 25 to one underdog or something like that. Uh, what was Douglas? I don't even remember. Forty? Is he in the? Was he a 40? to one or something something like that yeah so, so i mean by odds alone it was a gigantic upset just yeah joshua i, I think the thing missing is just joshua is, doesn't have the reputation that that tyson did yeah in, going into the fight so of course look i, I would have done the same thing that all these other people I, I might not have booed andy ruiz when he stepped in the ring but i, I would have been like what am i about to watch here because <laughs> i because i don't know anything yeah. about andy ruiz so if i had seen a guy like that step into the ring i mean we, we could laugh at these fans saying hey do your homework and stuff but but i I would have been the the same way. So um, I had a question for you guys about the NBA finals, not basketball related, um, because I, I heard this on the radio the other day. They were they were talking some of these seats for these NBA final games are going for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, I, I think I think someone bought some rich guy bought a ticket to game three or four of this series, the Raptors and the Warriors in Oakland. For like a hundred and fifty two seats for like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, so listen. <laughs> that, there, there's lots of ways to go with this, but like, how rich, how rich would you, you, would you have to be would, to want to buy that? Not not to want to buy it, but to but to feel good about your purchase. <laughs> like because, because, because let's let's break this down. Like okay, so the game's at six o'clock Western time, nine o'clock Eastern. So you show up, you're you're there. Five o'clock, you get some drinks. Uh, you're socializing. You probably grab a bite to eat before the game. Then the game happens. The game's two and a half, three hours. Then you leave. So it's it's probably about four total hours of entertainment that you're dropping a hundred and fifty thousand dollars on. So so when you get to your car, you just said I just dropped a hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> on on what I just watched. So there's lots of rich guys in the world. Lots of people. One hundred and fifty-two thousand, if you include beer. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I think I the, the caveat is those seats, like the food and drink. If you're oh, gonna okay. if you're gonna drop that much on the seats, they'll they'll throw in the, okay. the the food and drinks. But still, like walking back once you turn the engine on your car. And realize I just dropped one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Hopefully, those people aren't driving though, and they probably have drivers. <laughs> yeah, well, true, Mostly. but but okay, you're back in your limo, <laughs> yeah. and, and and you just realized you dropped one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on what you spent watching over the last four hours. Like, how rich would you have to be to feel good about what what, what you just did there? Why don't you start, Josh? Yeah, I'm gonna have to have. I'm gonna say I'm gonna have to have like ten million in the bank or something like that. You know, invested t- ten million invested. That's ma- I'm making money off of my money, and then I'll have, obviously have a, you know a, a couple of million to play with. I mean, maybe I think that's a good a good comfort zone for me. But you know, but just think about it. You you are sitting front row for one of the premier sporting events in probably in the sporting world, really, and you're hearing things and seeing things that average fans or normal fans, even you know. Ninety percent of the other fans in the yeah, arena aren't sweat, getting a chance some, some to see. Some sweater spill right. might fly on to you or whatever. Exactly. So. Um, you might get into a fight with Drake. Who knows? Right. You know, exactly. you might have a chance encounter with the world famous Drake. So I'd feel pretty good about my four hour experience if I had you know like ten or twelve million dollars maybe. Spending. It's, it's hard for me because like I've never, I've obviously never been a millionaire or a billionaire, but. My initial mindset is to say there is no amount of money I could have that would make me want to spend $150,000 to watch the NBA Man, finals. you would never spend that amount. Okay. I would I would absolutely spend that money if I had a you know, I'm just not that interested in live sports, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, I get that. I do. The other point... I, I can watch o- it from my couch. Yeah. The, the other point these guys were making on the radio is this is the Warriors. This, it's not like they're a new team to the NBA Finals. They've only been doing this for five consecutive years and playing yeah. and playing NBA Finals games in Oakland for five consecutive years. So it's not like um, the Clippers or, or a team like the Browns in their first Super Bowl or something like this. Is, this is the Warriors who do this every year, and you're still dropping that kind of money to, to go to an NBA Finals game. Yeah. Could you imagine the house party you could have for $150,000? Greg, would you do this? No, no. You would never I, spend I, that money. I, I would have to be a, a. I would have to be a. There would have to be a B. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would have to start the word that described my wealth uh, uh, to be able to do that. Yeah, so. that's a lot of money. You're right, but I think yeah. it would be a pretty fun experience, and you know, it would be if you're yeah. if you're financially secure and 
you know, $10 million, you know, if it's invested properly, you probably don't have to work for the rest of your life. So I think I'd be right. secure at that point. And the other point these guys made, just imagine like, like if you donated that money, like how many families in like a poor third world country you could support. But I would already be doing uh, that. Yeah, I'd be what, donating what, 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 what my that money. money. That's right. just my play money. I said right. I'd have like $2 no, million nothing dollars like, available. Nothing to... like the guilt trip of telling people how they should spend their own money. But okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we're good at that as a country, telling all these rich guys how, how they should yeah. be spending their money. But but I just heard the discussion the other day and I, it was intriguing. Like, well, oh, look, lots of people could scrape together 150 grand for, for a night out. But like how rich would Hold you have on, to be? Hold on, lots of people? Well, not many people we know, in the circles <laughs> that we that we travel in, Alan. But I'm sure there yeah, are. Yeah, well, there's people. like there's like billionaires or like the 250th rich, richest person in the know. world. Or I, whatever, I see all these so. people driving in fancy cars, living in these huge houses. I'm like, what the hell do these people do? Like, I just I don't I have no idea where what these people do to or, have or the people that the have money like they have eight to ten kids, seven to ten kids or yeah. whatever. It's like how are they gonna how in the world are they gonna put them all through college and stuff like that? Yeah, so. Oops, um, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so it was. It was just intriguing. Like, how, how, not could you do it? Is like, how rich would you have to be to feel good about it? And it, it would be. It would be. It would be a lot of money. I'd feel so. terrible about myself. Yeah. I think, regardless. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Gotta enjoy. Enjoy your wealth. Enjoy yourself. So the finals are one-one right now. Uh, the Raptors won Game One. Golden State had a tremendous start to the third quarter to win Game Two, and now. Um, game three should be interesting uh, because no Kevin Durant, he's been ruled out. And now Clay Thompson's a, a huge question mark with his um, hamstring injury. Uh, they're not sure if he's going to play or not. So the Warriors could be down Thompson and Durant. Um, Meanwhile, two of their other big name guys, Iguodala and uh, Cousins, are still right. getting Cous- through injuries. Cousins played very well uh, coming back from a, from a pulled a uh, quad. quad or something like that. It wasn't – a a tear like it was reported early on that's why he's back <laughs> and not and not sitting this series out but yeah he he played well but right he he's not really in basketball shape yet Iguodala looks like a shell of himself and they're asking him to guard Kawhi Leonard so <laughs> yeah he so, hits the he hits the shot that that closes it out the other night um and, and right and I wanted to talk about that shot too because that I mean the, the shot went in so everyone could say it's a great yeah. shot but if he missed that shot and left Toronto like three to four seconds they were they were down two yeah so they didn't even need they didn't even need a three to tie so if he missed that shot which he very easily could have done like the Raptors would have had a real look at tying the game and Iguodala could have been the the goat everyone's saying it was the people were saying it was a great shot well obviously yes because it went in but but that really wasn't the wasn't the smartest shot shot, right right plus he was wide open too just dribble closer just dribble dribble the clock out and make someone foul you you could also the question the raptor strategy of not fouling at all i mean you're down two there's like 25 seconds left in the game foul you don't want to foul steph curry obviously but foul even if he makes two come down hit a three, make it two, and just keep keep the game yeah. going and, and, and try and tie the game that how, way. But how cool was it to hear the phrase box and one used in the NBA Finals telecast? Right. They went into a box and one. at the Toronto used that at the end of the game. And to, it worked. And it worked. Yeah. This guy, Van Vliet, Van Fleet has been so fun to watch. And you have to wonder, I don't know what his contract situation is, but you have to wonder if this guy's going to go somewhere and get a starting job because – Man, he's been electric, and he's been all over the place defensively. And obviously, they trusted him enough to to play a box and one and leave him covering Steph Curry. They they sort of did that against Milwaukee too when they were trying to stop Giannis's drive to the basket. I mean, their their coach Nick Nurse is like a lifelong basketball guy. He's he's not very well known, but he's he's, he's a smart coach. Um, so and he's, he's willing to try new things and. Um, in the NBA Finals, right? And no yeah, less, right? Uh, I think Game Three will be interesting because the Raptors. I mean, they had a chance to um, get Game Two and, and really go to Golden State up two nothing, um, but they had that horrible start to the third quarter where the Warriors, I think, scored eighteen straight points or the first eighteen points, and um, and now they have a chance if Thompson doesn't play and Durant doesn't play to, to really put some heat on the Warriors in Golden State. So let's let's also give credit to, to Curry because he was playing through something. So they they were dealing with all these injuries, and in addition to that, he was clearly under the weather. I don't think I don't know that it's come out that he had a fever or anything like that, but he wasn't himself. He was being checked on repeatedly by the the medical staff and um, powered through it. He scored whatever he scored was it 30 plus or whatever he didn't have any points in the fourth quarter, right though. right he didn't um but he went through like the, you know a stretch in the middle of the game where he was he carried them and uh you know that guy just he's he's such a gamer and he just nothing can slow him down it seems like um 
So again, I just I, I love to watch him. There isn't a player in the NBA that I love watching more than that guy. Right. Yeah. Even if it's uh, Giannis is a different kind of player, and Anthony Davis is a different kind of player, and um, I don't know. He's just uh, I just love watching him run around and get open and the ball handling. Just the the. The way that they pass the ball, it looks like every time they pass it, it seems like that's it's gonna, they're going to turn it over. So thr- <laughs> Toronto is playing really good defense, and there's hardly ever like a really open guy. Um, and they, they almost had a steal, right, on on the on the game winning play for Golden State the other night, and that's part of the reason why Iguodala was exactly. so open is because they were trying for the steal, and a guy didn't rotate over to him, right. basically. And Steph and, and, just so happened to be, he was able right. to get it to to uh, Andre Iguodala for that shot, but there were tons of instances where they were just barely getting passes through and then getting ba- getting baskets right. up. More they assisted on thirty three of thirty eight baskets or something. I mean, that's another reason why they're just. They're so different than everybody else. They're, when you watch they're, they're arguably so, underrated. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, Greg. Yeah, no, I I, 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 <laughs> I, I think so. Too. I thought you were going to say something more. No, um, I was just going to yeah. say if, see if you uh, agreed with that. Yeah, um, I I know Drake's on the boat, and we're we're all sick of him. But why 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 is he such a talking point? And and, and no, this, why why is he like interacting? They're saying, oh, this is Spike Lee and stuff. Like, Drake is not on the level of, 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 of Spike Lee, I would say. Um, I don't know. For this no, generation no of fans. Fan, no fan at any basketball game is interesting to me. Yeah. I don't know why they become yeah. – I don't know how the whole deal with Jack Nicholson started. I don't know why the deal with Spike Lee is well, a thing. A, I don't know why. I don't care about celebrities you. watching sports. Right. It's but, the same thing. And, and I, I, I would happily ignore this story, but it's almost like you can't because everyone – everywhere you go, everywhere you look, there's someone talking Just, about yeah, it. Yeah. Or it's like like he's like – everyone's like forcing Drake in, in into the storylines of this series, and I can't stand it. Well, just the other night I'm reading the um, – it was game two of the – Stanley Cup Finals. I'm waiting for that to come in. I was working late. <clears throat> I got the story. It was an AP Wire story. And then, like, the second or third graph of the story, John, John Hamm's name is, is mentioned. You guys, do you even know who John Hamm is? Yeah, he's an actor, right? Yeah, he played Donald Draper on Mad Men. So he's right. incredibly famous. But he's a, I don't know, I guess he's a St. Louis Blues super fan, they term him. Like, how is he, is he a super fan because he's a celebrity? Like, if you're a celebrity and you like a team, are you automatically a, quote, super fan? What the hell makes a super fan? I don't know and why works. is his name appearing in the second paragraph of an AP news story about the Stanley Cup Finals? Like, he has absolutely nothing to do with the game. And he appeared that high in a story. I deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> Took right. it out of the story. Take that, AP. Yeah. Yeah, and Spike Lee was, like, in commercials with Michael Jordan and stuff like that. So when Jordan would... When Jordan yeah. and the Bulls would play the Knicks in the playoffs, there was some like connection there. But but Drake has zero connection to any of these Warriors, and he's like patting like Steph Curry on the head and on the back. It's like, it's like yeah. Why why is because why is this? people young people that you know in the NBA is its core fans are young people, and so he is like this this renowned figure to all of these young people who listen to his music and stuff. So that's probably what it is, I don't right? Know. I don't. I don't really want to dive into another big LeBron James discussion, but but Bill Plaschke of the LA Times uh, reported today that LeBron is <laughs> sort of out, sort of getting sick of this uh, situation uh, oh, that's God. going on with the Lakers. Color me surprised. And, and Didn't it, he create this? <laughs> he did. He did. And if they don't land a marquee name or don't make a trade for a marquee player, then he could want out from the Lakers. But this is classic LeBron of going to. A situation setting it up how he wants it it doesn't work out and then he like he, he leaves and leaves his team mostly in ruins like he did with the Cavs a couple of times <laughs> I'm still trying to I'm I'm trying to understand why did he go to LA to begin with I, I really career. don't get that I know it's because the, it's it, LA but there's no bas- there's no good basketball reason why he did it that's it, what it, I it mean is strictly for his life and his uh outside interests that, that's uh, this, the only reason this will I could really tarnish his his career or put a you know put a bit of a smudge on his career i mean he's got he's obviously you know one of the greatest of all time but really just a bad decision i think if you if you looked at where they were in terms of an organization and the, the players that they're going they to had the west a top and a the conference they're in right a top, like the east yeah. they, they could have handled milwaukee maybe or um or or even the raptors who they've completely dominated in in recent seasons like why would you go to the west where you have to deal with Golden State and, and a number of other uh, really good teams, and, and go to the Lakers, where like like LeBron's just going to be another great player in Lakers history. He's not going to be like Mr. Lakers or, or, or anything like that, right? Yeah. 
So there, there was no good basketball reason why why he went to. The I mean, Lakers. maybe he was looking to to this off season in particular because of who is coming available, and you know maybe there was more of a chance for him to set things up. But you know, there, there's that train wreck that has occurred may prevent you know that from happening, and then he may, maybe he gets stuck there. I hope he gets stuck there, honestly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to root for him to get traded to another destination. Well, he's like a hired gun at this point. Like he just bounces around. He's like this. It's odd because and, and he's he like wants, this and legendary he, player, right? And he, just, and he wants other hired guns too, like Anthony yeah. Davis, who the Pelicans reportedly today are, are, are having discussions with other teams about. So, like the big news today was that Anthony Davis was on the trading block. Well, he he already's been on the trading yeah. block. Yeah, for, was for anybody right. around during the trade deadline? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I like right. like all those discussions about the Lakers offering their entire team for Anthony Davis. Just about. So like, it's not big news that Anthony Davis is on the trading block. When they trade him, that that that'll become a big story. So, um, so the Major League Baseball draft is is going on uh, right now. And Alan, you were a high school and uh, you played in college. Did, were you ever intrigued by by the by the draft and just seeing your friends uh, get taken and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, it was it was cool because I was I was down actually my senior year I was down at senior week with Brandon Klein right. when he was drafted uh, or in talks with being drafted by the Red Sox, uh, and so it was kind of interesting watching his phone blow up all week while you're on a deck drinking beers you're too young to drink. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> what? Weird. Alan uh, would never have a beer before he was 21. Um, but. Root beers. Right. The draft is just, it's compelling for like a day. Yeah. It's way too long. Yeah, there's like 40 or 50 rounds of it. I yeah. have no idea how anyone keeps track Plus of it. Plus it's in the middle of the baseball season too. Yeah. So there's no, just, sepa- there's no separation. It's uh, just a it. really odd event. Uh, but the first round's always been fairly compelling. And then that year uh, with Brandon was interesting. And, you know, some kids I went to school with, had hopes of being drafted after you know college or things like that, but um, yeah, I, I mean Brady Policelli's came to fruition. That that's one that comes to mind. Yeah, there was a year there when he got drafted where we had what do we have? Three, Greg, three or four kids. Connor, right. Connor Myers. And we have you know we have they're still playing. In I, the I think Wetzel has an outside chance if someone takes a flyer on him because he had a really good year at um, at Frederick Community College. So. Yeah, but he also left the school that yeah. he had, a four year yeah. school that he went to. I, I mean. Who, who really knows why he why he came back here? I mean, his his best path is to get back to another decent school uh, and, yeah. and get noticed that way. Yeah, he's probably. a terrific talent from all accounts, but um, maybe another year. I think he needs a year or two of yeah. really good production. But I was I, I was that's the first time I actually turned on the major league draft and watched it for obvious reasons because the Orioles had the top pick. Yeah, and I wanted to make sure they were going to take. I had done enough reading over the last like week or two. That kid is a yeah. stud. Yeah, so like I. We came in here, what was it, two weeks ago with Joe? And we were like, and a, we were catcher, talking about, like a catcher. Yeah, yeah so like right. I hadn't really done my research, you know. He, so won't, I, he won't stay a catcher. Yeah, exactly. Like it's going to be a situation like a Joe Maurer situation. Maybe I don't know how many years it'll be before he's switched to a corner infield position or something. But um, I'm glad they took him. It seemed like it was, you know, the whole time that I'm watching the the lead up to it, it, there was like question that maybe they would take, they would surprise and take someone else, maybe with Bobby Witt Jr. Or, or what have you. And thankfully they took this kid that's by all accounts seems to be, you know, a, a slam dunk. That's a phrase I like to use, but he's going to be a, he's going to be a good there player. Was for some, there were some reports that are saying he could be in the bigs by the end of the year. I've never that's heard. I've no. never heard anyone say that not, not about by, somebody. Not by the end of this year. Not, well, that's what people yeah. have reported that like they think he's they think I so could. highly of him he could come in at the end of the year and like in September Greg, when they expand to forty. Yeah, Greg, how how many times have we seen a guy get drafted in the first round and then appear for the keys before that season ended? Like I think Gosman may have. Yeah, I don't Am I think right about that? Even that happens. That rarely. That's happens. odd. So I, I was thinking as I'm reading about him, he and could end up in Frederick. I, I think he, I, I think he could be here before September ends or before the, the end of the G- season. Given his college, he's not. Yeah. A, he's, he's played a few years of college baseball, right. um, so that would likely allow him to start higher up the ladder than than a lot of and given his talent too. But at the so. same time, like they're clearly on a very long rebuild process and they're not why gonna be, even why are you gonna rush him? Just let him go to the Gulf Coast League or maybe get him to Aber- Aberdeen or something like that. Not rush him to you know high A. But they, I don't know. They, he, they they might given his college experience. I mean people are saying like this is the best prospect since Bryce Harper. Uh yeah. that that base that they've seen in baseball. So so he comes with high praise, and, and given his talent and experience, maybe he does start 
in Delmarva or or, mm. or here or he'll probably be I would guess he would be in Frederick before the end of, before the end of this this yeah. season but I not, hope, not yeah. Camden Yards though no I hope he turns out to be better than the last time the Orioles picked number one they took Ben McDonald who really didn't turn out to be an you know an ace for them like he was mm-hmm. supposed to be he was a serviceable major league starter and he went to Milwaukee I think after he left Baltimore and he pitched for X number of years and I think he's a broadcaster now with the Orioles so he had a nice career but I mean you're the number one pick in the draft I you know I want you you better be a multiple time all-star and a cornerstone they need him to be a cornerstone of this of this rebuild yeah so I mean the Orioles have whiffed on a lot of high picks they, but it hasn't it, have, I mean but it hasn't been hasn't the been number position one players. it hasn't and it hasn't been the number one overall pick which they it's been like 30 years or something since uh or when was McDonald? Uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, like 1989. Yeah, 88. So, so 30 years since they had the number one overall pick. Yeah, and it, it, it's a pretty. I mean, I'm a Browns fan, and I've watched my team screw up the number one overall yeah. pick a number of times. But it's it's kind of hard to, to screw up the number one overall pick in, in a draft. I so. agree. So I'm glad that they didn't take a pitcher because I think the odds of your pitcher busting any is any much more, higher, right? it's much safer to take a position player. Yeah, and especially a college one. So and they can affect the game every single day, whereas a yeah. pitcher. Yeah, once every five. they just cannot catch a break with these pitchers they've taken. We'll see. Maybe you've, you saw DL Hall last week, right? He he, he looks like the real deal, and uh, and there's and the other guy they got, uh, Dean Kramer, uh, in, yeah. the, in the Machado trade from the Dodgers. He 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 looks like a real prospect too. So I I think there actually is hope in the lower levels of the of the farm. If they are the lower levels, some of yeah. The pitchers. So. And, and Delmarva, I think, has some some of the top guys. What did you, what was your impression so far of um, Hall? No, not Hall. the 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 guy they got from the Machado trade. Um, who's, oh, Diaz. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's I've only seen him play a couple of games. Uh, he, he just got he, to Frederick right, within the last uh, couple of weeks. He was like two for five in, in in the games I saw him. He drove in a run. So very very good outfield. <clears throat> Excuse mm-hmm. me, outfielder. Uh, he's he's explosive. He's explosive on the base path. So I I think he's. A, I don't know if he'll be a superstar, but but I think yeah. he could be a really solid. He should be a solid player for the Orioles. Uh, in, in the future, so Hall though has got a really electric fastball, I okay. think, and if he could command his his secondary stuff, he he, he could be a real pitcher and not have too. Tommy John surgery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, he's, he's left handed, so I, he's he's got good, good size. So um, yeah, pretty big kid. Uh, yeah, so um, a nice kid to talk to. So um, so and so there's and, hope. There, there is hope in the lower levels of the farm system with, with some of the pitching. Not in Norfolk though, or, yeah. or, or no one's real close to being. Uh, in, in in the big leagues yet so um uh, so the belmont is this weekend and i'm kind of disappointed because the only real horse in the race is war of will the the preakness winner i kind of wanted to see maximum security run i wanted to see um country house run i wanted this to sort of be like a showdown of and sort of make something of this race but but i guess it's not going to happen no and, i think yeah. it is an intriguing storyline though with, with with the horse that won the preakness running in this one he could run two two legs of it that's a big and deal. He, he could have won the he could have won the Derby too. Exactly. He's not been he just, impeded by maximum security. Yeah. So so I'll I'll be paying. And this one in particular is is a grueling experience for these animals. So and I'll have my fingers crossed the whole time that nothing catastrophic happens because right. it is so grueling for them. So I, I think I'm going to tune in for that if I'm a, if I'm near a television. Yeah. I, sure. I just uh, I, Country House I think had a, some sort of infection or there there's something yeah. there's something preventing some health issue that prevented him from running the uh, preakness but why is maximum security not running especially when his owner is talking trash like and putting up all this money oh my horse could beat your horse it's a great question so so why why, what's his i mean there's plenty of money to be had for this race if you win this race and it's still a triple crown race now i think he's pointing him towards some of the bigger races uh later this season or something i think that was almost like said immediately after the after the derby like oh we're just gonna hold him out until Breeders' Cup or oh, whatever. The, the other big races right. that no one watches that, no that one aren't watches. Triple Crown But races. there are a lot of <laughs> – there is a lot of money involved in, so like, the Breeders' Cup Classic and stuff. So, But you're right. Like, this – there is there is a ton of money to be had with this race. Like, yeah, why why didn't you run the Preakness? If you have the best horse and, and, prove and the it. horse didn't need uh, – and, and, the, and the call there, the, the violation was insignificant, then, then prove you have the best horse in the, in the big races that people actually – watching or someone invested in so. great you're trying to tell a rich person what to do with his money exactly <laughs> there's been a lot of that going on in, yeah. in, uh, this week so um how much money would you have to have 
to get into the thoroughbred racing business boys would you guys if you had like oh, if you were way, like it's it's way out of it's way outdated and archaic now there's you wouldn't not, like you wouldn't like buy a way, whole buy a racehorse behind the curve you wouldn't buy a racehorse just for the like the note like the cachet of like, yes uh, i was down here's, at the racetrack here's my racehorse yes <laughs> no I, I was down at the stables <laughs> this morning <laughs> I'm watching. Wa- I'm watching News Post run in the if third you, Kentucky Derby tomorrow. If you walk you, up you, to someone, you name your horse News Post. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be coming in last. You if know. you walk up to someone and you say, "Here's my racehorse," chances are like maybe one in twenty people think that's cool. Think that's cool. If I had that much money, I would just buy a sports team, and everyone <laughs> thinks that's cool. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. I could be. A, I could go into being like a minority owner right. of a sports team or something. Get the tickets, the luxury boxes. Every you know, hand them out to my buddies. And you could and also drop 150 grand on an NBA Finals game. You too, could. So. I could keep Absolutely. ticket prices lower than that. Well, yeah. and the other funny part of that story, going back to it, it was apparently these tickets were purchased online, like oh, uh, like a StubHub with, with a credit card online. So oh my like, god! So like, what did your credit limit have to be to the the put the plunk down 150 thousand dollar purchase on like a online credit? What card are those black those system? black credit cards? Yeah, I think the, that's what you have to have because yeah. that, it's, it's like, like unlimited. That, right. Exactly. You get like credit. One, you get like one interest hit on that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like now you're spending two hundred fifty thousand. And, and the service fee was ten thousand dollars. Like these were three thousand. Face value for these tickets was three thousand dollars. Good lord. And, and the service fee alone for the tickets was ten thousand dollars on the on this purchase. So I'd still do it just to maybe have Steph Curry like fall into my lap or something and you know have that experience for the rest of my <laughs> life. I can tell the grandkids about how Steph Curry sat on my lap in the NBA finals. Right. Uh, speaking of rich people, they own boats. Uh, oh yes, they and do. Uh, who, who are we throwing on our boat to nowhere uh, this week? Oh yeah, I did. I I did have one that um, popped up popped up on my social media feeds earlier in the week, or no, it was late last week. Rick Pitino is apparently coaching basketball in I think it's Greece. How, how's he not on the boat yet? And that's what I said. I think I texted him immediately and I said, Greg, do, is Rick Pitino on the boat? Because we need to throw him on the boat. So the headline was that he was in coaching in Greece, some professional team there, and he had the audacity to complain about the crowds smoking in the arenas in Greece because apparently like one in three people smokes in Greece. Maybe it's not that many, but I had no idea about this. And they allow them to smoke in basketball arenas. This was a guy that was so, having uh, – yeah. relations on top of yeah. like restaurant tables and he's worried yeah. about he's worried about smoking in but in, he's in like my, my problem is like he's in another country telling people how they should be acting in their country like the, in this part of their culture that's something that they do they smoke in basketball arenas but right. rick patino shaking his fingers at you no you should not be smoking and while we're, my 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 men are playing basketball meanwhile his players were having relations uh Yes, is pay, at pay, Louisville, pay, right? Paid relations in the basketball dormant yeah. at Louisville, too. That guy's, so. uh, he's a turd, um, and I can't believe he's not on the boat, so I'm throwing him on. Yep. You have uh, someone, Alan? I have, or, I I have I two. Time, I can give you time. If you, I, I actually okay, have two. I'm two. just trying wow. to, to look uh, up the name of the... Of the so I, I want to put um, the entire Detroit Lions organization yeah, on the boat. I, I know what you're talking about here. Uh, because Calvin Johnson is back in, in the news, and it reminded me, how in the hell did you let Calvin Johnson retire at the age he retired at? Barry Sanders, too. And then they took money from him, or yeah, they, they asked him, him to return like a, a roster a signing bonus, and he he said essentially the only thing keeping him from returning is if he gets that money back. And I don't know if he means returning in a playing. I think they a, just want him or like, just like as part of the organization. Yeah. Either way, how do you not have him as like your team ambassador? He's one of the best receivers we've ever seen. Um, so that that's bothered me the fact that the Detroit yeah. Lions still haven't done that they've and kept that of, money. They've had one of the best receivers all time retire early, and they've had one of the best running backs of all time retire. And it's because early. they're an embarrassment as a football team. Um, and then the other one, I'm I'm looking, I'm trying to find the name of the school, but I'm I'm just gonna go ahead. Um, is it is it Mount Vernon? Whatever high school hired Art Bryles yes. to coach his football team in Texas, right? Yeah. Get on a rocket ship to Mars. Yeah, we should no throw those people suit. in the black hole. Yeah, yeah, we've we've invented the black hole now. Yeah, that's uh, where you guys belong. If you've already been on the boat, uh, then then you get fired into the black hole. And uh, at high school, no right. less, a high right. school, not another college, a high school where the kids are even younger, and you're going to have this guy who's a terrible example, um, and he's now he's in charge of uh, coaching young, even younger men. Right. Um, yeah, totally just agree with just that. an embarrassment as a, as a school, and of course it's in Texas, which where you know football 
It's just it's religion above everything. It's above religion. It's just yeah. ridiculous. But yeah, so that's what I'm throwing on. Uh, and Art Bryles can also be on the spaceship. He, sh- like, he should. He should honestly like, be. It's not on just the, the team. Yeah. I'm throwing the organizers of the French Open uh, on, on, onto the boat. So I don't know if you guys saw this headline or not, but but Serena Williams lost oh, uh, I did see uh, this, over yeah. the weekend, and uh, and she wants to get out of there obviously because she's not thrilled that that she lost. And Dominic Team, who's a who's a top ranked men's player, is giving a press conference following his third or fourth round victory. And apparently he shooed out of the uh, interview room. So Serena, like literally, like said, they're like stop, stop. Yeah, and, get, and get out of here so, the, so they could usher Serena in to do her press conference and and team is like like what yeah. like what? <laughs> what, what, what what's going on here he, he like called it a joke as he, as he was entitled to uh, to call it um, and Serena wasn't involved and in, she said I think she even said you can put me in another room let's just okay. do it now so it didn't it wasn't right. anything to do with her it was okay. like you're saying totally um, I don't think Serena's on the, the boat the yet organizers. And, and, that, and that her statement there saved her from being thrown on the boat because <laughs> yeah. she could have probably stopped this thing if she really I mean I'm not saying she could she, have probably uh, she right. could have said well no I'll just I'll just wait a couple of minutes well, why don't we just do it together and, and, but, right. but apparently right. <laughs> This, this top-ranked men's tennis player, Dominic Team, was shooed out of the interview room so Serena could come in and, and offer her, her loss and, and offer her precious post-match <laughs> comments uh, about about her loss. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll spare Serena just because yeah. she she did make that offer. But um, and everyone knows I'm not the world's biggest uh, Serena fan. So, um, but the organ, yeah, like why are you shooing one of your men's tennis players out so someone could co- so a bigger star, a bigger star could come in and talk about a loss? So. Yep. Um, so boo uh, to them. Um, <laughs> boo, 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 everyone. Um, Alan, I wanted to ask you this before we get into scene or to be seen. Uh, last week, I don't know if you saw this circulating on social media, but we, we uh, asked the question, you're on a basketball court. This has to do with money, too. Right. This, this, sticks, with, this sticks with our theme of money for the week. But you're on a basketball court. Someone throws you a ball and says, get behind the NBA three-point line there. You have, you have 10 tries. If you make one, you get a billion dollars. Just one. One out of ten, you get a billion dollars. But if you miss all ten, if you don't make any, then you have to do a year in maximum security prison. Do do you take that bet? Wow, that is a tough one. Uh, yeah, I think I do. Yeah, I was a pretty good shooter at one point. I feel like I could. I'm I'm relatively athletic. When's the last time you were on the basketball court? Um, probably a year or two ago shooting would I, so the the nba line is kind of what's what's throwing me off because i've never actually yeah. you normally normal, it's, it's, shot play from a court it's a little farther back than the college line a, cu- a couple feet yeah I, th- I think i got that i think i got that range in me one out of ten times you think becky would be behind you with this decision she would totally yeah. be all for what it is she gonna lose if i'm in prison <laughs> <laughs> yes and 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 josh what chris kinsler and i said we would do it because we think we would uh, make one and Josh I think thinks he would make one too but he wouldn't risk maximum security yeah I think I could I think I could do it you got a kid I I think I could do it but I would lose everything if I didn't so I I could not risk my and and what happens when I get out am I do I still have my job and stuff well see that wasn't part of it and that's what Chris was like well look I'll give you your job back you know and all that I was like no I mean that that's not a part of it you when you go to prison it's not like you can take a a year off from your job they're not gonna just hire you back so you have to look at this uh, and, and that that can make me a little nervous. Yeah. Plus you would have. Plus, as Josh pointed out, you would have to make like an early shot because if you like were over seven, that's the thing. Well, like, You're like, getting like, real, like, real nervous like, real quick. Like, like, like the pressure You're not of Steph the, Curry. The, yeah. the pressure of those last three yeah. would be. Would you might be. be you might be talking me out of this. Do I know ahead of time that I'm shooting for this? Yes, yes. You know, you know, you know that you know the deal. Mm-hmm. Like, if you if you make one, your yeah, you know the stakes. Your family is set for life financially if you make one shot. Um, but if you miss, you have to do a year in in prison, wide open. Yeah, no, no yeah, no defense. Um, yep. Uh, yep. Who's watching? Mm, that's no not one, a part no, of it no, either. No, no I don't know. I think yeah. you would be in an empty gym. It's, maybe. Not, it's not like a. It's, it's not a like little, it's before, a little less stressful. It's not like they're trotting you out before game one of the NBA. Well, finals if I miss all ten, I'm just going to take off before anybody can get me. I'll just live on the run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that idea. <laughs> right. I kind of like that. That could be fun. I keep coming back to the point that you can rebuild your life. I mean, your life isn't necessarily over if you go to maximum security prison. It's possible, and and, and yeah, the, I mean, it depends and, what. You, what and, and it would be a horrible year. Like, yeah. like 
Josh thinks I'm dismissing maximum security prison. I'm sure it would be awful and I don't think guys like me and you would do well. I'm, pre- in prison. I'm pretty sure I would get killed in prison. I don't think right. I would. I don't think I would live. Right. Right. So, Are we yeah. friends with the guards? Or? I mean, that's what Chris was like. I'm just going to make friends with a bunch of these guys. I'm really good, you know, at making friends and talking to people about stuff. And I'm like, how are you going to do that? You're just going to walk up to a table full of guys your first day at prison. What do you connect like, hey, with guys, them on? What's up? You what, to, do you, what do you connect who with? Who likes the Rockets? With murders. <laughs> the, Yankee, the, the, the Rockets, the Yankees, and the, the Browns. Browns. Who's, a, who's a beard fan here? Come on, let's talk. <laughs> And then he would use he would just turn that guy into his like personal bodyguard or nah, something. You just have to beat someone up on the first day. Right. And that, that, that that's the trick. So that's minimum security prison. <laughs> right. Oh according right. to office space. Right. But maximum security prison I almost think like it's heavily monitored. So yes, there are shenanigans that go on, I'm sure. I love how you just call them shenanigans. <laughs> like wow, guys get stabbed <laughs> with like sharpened toothbrushes. I mean, the shenanigans, it's a little, it's a little more, like, I, again, I, you're taking this way too, like, like maximum security <laughs> prison is, like, hell. Right. But for one year, though, not the rest of your life. <laughs> 365 <laughs> days? Yeah. Of, I, the, of I, hell? I, I could get through it, I'm sure. All right. Somehow. You're a much more upbeat person than I am, I guess. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah. I, I I could re I could rebuild uh, for, for a chance at a, at a billion dollars, so... So uh, you can this see. is great. This is it is a great question. It really is. Uh, because, uh, because I'll make one, and you'll say like the guy made a, a, well, a billion. Yeah. Dollars. Plus, you know, you would also. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, many, how many people know that I've won a billion dollars after this? Because I again, like, even if I won the lottery, I still. Not, show, that was another question. It's, it's, not, it's not on TV. Because so. no one, like, no one is getting any of that. That was another question. What What are you doing? Where are you going if you get if you win a billion dollars? I said I'm like buying a remote plot of land somewhere up in the woods that no one right can here? find me. You're going to the you're stay final? right here you're, in you're, my townhouse you're, in Frederick, Maryland. <laughs> going to open up a really nice bank account and good stocks. You're going to the NBA. Finals. I thought you were going to say you were going to open up a brewery. There's no, not any of those here no, in Frederick. I'm not going to do that. You can get a story in the Frederick News Post about you it. Could. If, if not you could. Several. Uh, no, uh, I will uh, not. Uh, no uh, one will brewery. know that I've won anything. Chris like Sands having you on his podcast. Nothing in my life would change. <laughs> you could be on Uncapped. Have you been on Uncapped before? No, no I don't. You, you, you've, I don't been on, a, you've been on. You've been on Uncut, right? I've been on everything probably, but Uncapped. I think. Okay, so well, I've we'll, never been we'll, on Final Score. Okay, well, we'll have to we'll have to have you on. Um, what are, what are you doing this week? I need a guest. <laughs> so um, you should talk to the guy who was traded for Machado. Right. So Alan would be at the NBA one. Finals for 150 grand um, a pop. <laughs> Absolutely. On, 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 on if I won a billion there. dollars, I'd be at every NBA Finals game. Right. Right. And you'd feel great about it. I'd be, and then I would fly I'm, back to my house buy, in the woods. I would buy the Wizards. Ooh. You, they need a GM right now. So still with the draft. I don't know that. Up. I don't know that I want the Wizards. I just want a local team. Yeah. Yeah. Out of really, all, say, so out of all, okay, so I'd if, probably buy the Orioles. If you had a billion dollars, and you could buy any team in Maryland or DC. I'd, I'd buy the Orioles and not be a, a cheap jerk like Angelo. <clears throat> I think I, I'd absolutely buy the Orioles. Yeah, yeah. Greg, yeah. would you buy any team in Maryland or DC? Uh, I would buy the Nationals probably. It's a toss up. That's for me. a that's a big price tag because you got to buy from the learners. And yeah, they got they got money. The Nats. Huh. Okay, I, I, it's between the O's and the Redskins for me. Cause the cause Snyder is mismanaged. Would you change the mascot? Ooh, um, see, no. I, I I don't want to get into no. it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do buy it. Him. I don't. I yeah. I mean, I I get that there will be a lot of flack with, with uh, anything that would be done with the name, but leave it or take it or leave it. But um, yeah, I think I would keep it. Right. So, so your life would not change dramatically if, if with a with a billion dollars. No, because I wouldn't want to raise suspicion within people and then have them come asking me and bugging me for money. But you could give it out, though. Like, I don't want to give it out. You're pretty good at being like. I earned it by making that jump shot. Yeah, yeah. Like, fam- like family, you would, you would. But you always talk about how you don't have any friends like anyway. Yeah. So I would, I would give it to people I wanted to give it to. I would not give it to anyone who came asking. Right. I don't want the people to come asking. Me would anyone money. in this room get some of your billion dollars? Yeah, you guys might get something. Nice. I would hope. We, I mean, we've had him on the podcast. I mean, we've made him famous. So I've been, I've been the third option. You could be my co, you could be my co-host on the final score, Alan. All right. if, if, if you, if you, I'll cut, buy that podcast. He'll sponsor it. Yeah, we, we, actually, we need a sponsor. We need a sponsor too, for you, this one uh, and for that one too, because Kevin, Kevin, our man, Kevin Barrier is leaving. Yeah. I, I think my my sponsor for the final score might be departing with him. So billionaire um, Alan Etzler brings right. you under just another sports podcast. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. All right, fellas, a scene or to be seen uh, for this week. 
Um, oh, I'll start. I went Friday and to a comedy club in Timonium and saw Andrew Dice Clay. How was that? It was, it was pretty much as I expected it to be. Is, it he, was, is he doing his old jokes? No, it was like ninety percent new material, and it was incredibly filthy, and it was incredibly degrading to certain sects of the population. Um, but what, what, it was. Was, was your wife thrilled about this? She doesn't care. No, yeah, she, okay. you know, she doesn't, she wasn't there. She didn't go with me. Oh, she, oh I thought she went with no, you. No, no. Oh. My friend, uh, my friend went with me who admittedly is, was never an Andrew Dice Clay fan. And honestly, he's a terrible person and he says horrible <laughs> things. But when I was a little kid, I, you know, I listened to, I somehow stumbled upon. As a, every little child I know, should. Exactly. I was, I brought up, I was brought up with Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> And learned good lots, role, good role model learned lots of cuss words and lots of inappropriate uh, information from from that guy. But he did like ninety percent new material. Um, he did. He closed with his with his dirty nursery rhymes, which is what made him famous. Like back in the eighties, this guy was selling out in like Madison Square Garden. Like this guy was a huge star, and now he's playing comedy clubs. Hickey, Hickory, Hickory Dickory Dock. Yes, and, and yes. Jack and Jill. And, yes, and, and all that all, stuff. All that yeah. stuff. Um, so I had I, I my neighbor told me about his, his him appearing in in uh, it was at Magooby's Joke House in Timonium, and uh, I figured out a way to take off on the, Friday. The so Dice Man playing Magooby's Joke House. Yeah, it was in like well, that place is pretty cool though. They're like they they've had some big names. Um, it's like three hundred fifty seats, like three hundred fifty people. It's it's a restaurant um, slash comedy club. The food was pretty good. The service was good. Um, they had a warm up act before Dice came on. I can't remember her name. Um, this this uh, uh, comedian, she was hilarious. Got us warmed up, and then Dice came out, and he was he started really slow, and I was and it was kind of like shaky. He? He's sixty one, and it was kind of like shaky at the beginning. Like ah, I don't know if he still got it, you know. And then something happened. It's almost like a, a flip switched, a switch switch flipped, and he like was that by design? Do you think he was like throwing people maybe, off? Yeah. Maybe, and he like got it. He 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 was doing. He was sort of um, trying to tell stories, and in between telling these stories, he would veer in another direction and uh, go off on a tangent about something. And it was in one of those episodes that he sort of got into this, his groove, and he. He finished strong, so oh oh, so I was happy. I was happy to, to have have seen him live. I mean, I don't get to do a lot of stuff like that. I don't even get to go to sporting events anymore these days. So, my wife was uh, kind enough to let me go do that. So, I, were, I liked it. Were there, were there a lot of women in the audience? There or? were. It was like okay, so the audience was primarily. 40 to 50 year olds um 40 50 year old people, men people that know who yeah. andrew dice clay and, is. and obviously right. other men are, are more prone to like his brand of humor right um but there were a surprising number of women that age and there were also a surprising number of young women that were oh, there yeah? and, and then they were laughing right and along they were laughing with right all along with all the sexist jokes and yeah. stuff like that yeah so um that was kind of interesting and i was kind of glad to see that because you know Right. Don't take it too serious. Yeah. He's a comic. Right. Yeah. He's making fun of. Maybe he's joking. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe he's just. Don't kidding, take him ladies. super seriously. Right. Right. No, but he was foul and he was uh, inappropriate and that's, uh, that's what your classic does. But, but if he wasn't though, you'd be disappointed. Yeah. And he he did some he did some um, topical stuff like he did some bits about Starbucks and he did a bit Trump. about. Uh, he did not talk politics, which I am I am so happy about because I do not care about politics. I don't I don't laugh about politics. I don't pay attention to politics. So I don't want to hear anything about Trump. Um, but he did stuff about he did you know some bits about Sprint versus uh, Verizon or something. Like I said, Starbucks. She did a bit about Chick Fil A. So he was doing lots of you know topical stuff that even uh, people today that that had never seen him before would laugh at. So oh. it was good. You have one, Alan, or I, I can go if you if you if you don't. Uh, I guess mine's a scene, but it's sports related. Um, we, you talked about the draft. I thought one of the really really cool things the draft coverage wise did this year was bringing in Trevor Bauer. I heard uh, about yeah. I heard some comments from him yesterday, and he was doing breakdowns of a lot of a lot of the pitchers who who were being drafted, and it is really smart stuff. Um, if you're a baseball nerd, kind of like yeah. I am, and, this, guy and builds, this guy builds drones. Yeah, like like, like that's how. And, sort and of... he is he is super into body mechanics and like talking about like how people's body is falling away from their arm as they're pitching and how you can short like you can tighten that up and create more velocity and things like like that's really really intelligent 
kind of scout scouting better than just saying like, oh, he's got great arm action when he throws. Like he'll, he'll uh, definitely be a TV analyst. Oh, right? absolutely. When, when he playing, is so. a great personality. Great, yeah. he's a great follow on social media. Yeah. There's lots of cool stuff out there that he's done, and he's 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 hilarious. He's a really yeah. funny guy. He, he, he Doesn't is. take himself too seriously at all. No, I, I enjoyed him, and and I I really enjoyed that part of the draft coverage. I, I wish we could get like more of that. Um, even at the NFL level, like the the scouting of these players is not really nerdy enough, I guess, for me sometimes. Yeah, really get uh, into the nuts and bolts. Right. S- similar to that, <clears throat> I mentioned to Greg, not, I mean, I, I'm stepping on your toes because I know you still need to go here, but I mentioned to you earlier today how much I enjoyed watching. Uh, I watched Federer play Sam Vavrinka today in the French Open, and Jim Courier is an anal- is a tennis analyst for tennis, the tennis he's, he's really channel. Good. Man, he's great. And I used to love him when he played back in the 90s. He, was he, still, he still looks like he stepped he off does. the court in 1992. And he won whatever. the French a couple of times. A couple of times. Yep. But man, just some of the stuff. So I was watching, I'm watching it, and Valrinka has this way of he takes more, he, he asks for more tennis balls at, before he serves than any player I've seen. He'll put four of them in his hand, and he'll look at each one of them and flip one off, and look at another one and flip the other one away, and then he'll take one, put it in his pocket, and he'll serve with one. And I know they're, lo- I know they're looking for a cer- something certain with the ball, but I'm watching this, and I'm like, why? Wow, I've never seen a guy take four of them. And so then, like a half hour goes by, and he explained it. He was talking about how you know he's looking for the least worn one because obviously, if one of them was worn, it gets creates more drag in the air, and it's harder. You know, you can't hit it as hard. Oh. So it's like, and he answered the question for me. And he, Greg, he did something and, else. And, that you were, in between points, like he bent his leg slightly. Valrinka did, yeah. And Courier was on top of it. He said, "Oh, it's, it's a sign of fatigue. Uh, play, players do that when, when when they're tired." And sure enough, is yeah, the points kept going he looked to be more and more fatigued so Cur- yeah. courier was all over that just this slight movement of his leg courier was he jumped right on it and, and pointed out that oh he's getting yeah. tired so and he, and he was and yeah, there's, so. there's players who are good at that and like former players but there's some who are bad but like that is the exact value of why you need former players yeah. kind of involved in the commentary he, he, he had another great line i guess um there was a point where a couple of points where like federer did some made some incredible Federer like shot, and then right after that, Valrinka just like aced him down the tee or something. And he and Courier's like, it's it's the ballet of Federer versus the I ballistics of Valrinka. I'm yeah. like, how did he just came up with that like <laughs> off the cuff? I'm like, that's that could go in a story. I was like, about that's to say perfect. that's great, right? Yeah, because yeah. Valrinka hits every shot with 100 percent force. Like, like yeah. he 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 goes for it. And he's uh, really fun no to watch. About it. Yeah, so some of the best commentators in all the sports are, are, are tennis commentators. Uh, John McEnroe has always been great. Mary Carrillo has always been great. Um, and in Courier too, like like some of the best commentators you'll see on TV are are, are in tennis. So, yep. and sadly, Alan, in this lost season, it looks like Trevor Bauer is about to become a former Indian because he'll almost certainly be traded. <laughs> but, but by by, the, only by, a by game the out of the wild card, so, yeah, but they're. A 500-ish type team. And they, 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 struggle, like, they struggle to score runs. They're two so. good players away. If you, yeah. If you trade off four awesome starters, you, you're a year and a half away. Like, go be a buyer. Can they trade one and get what they need? Well, if they trade Not Bauer. Bauer. If, they, if they trade Bauer, they say they could get a couple decent players in return. Maybe a You get a King's Ransom for Corey Kluber, and he's not as good. Well, now Kluber... You won't because he because he's hurt. Plus no, his performance has a, been diminishing. It's not so. a long term injury. Yeah. Well, Bauer's a young guy too, right? I don't know what his he's contract like 28, is. He's like 27, 28. Everyone around the Indians though say they're trading Trevor Bauer, so so he probably won't be with the team for for that much longer. It's yeah, hard to root for them. Just, guys. So. Yeah, that's a tough that's a tough team to root yeah, for right well, now. Yeah, well, exactly. Considering they let Encarnacion go, they they let their window close before it really had to yeah, um, that, yeah. That, that's the frustrating part and they have ownership that doesn't like to spend money um so that, that's the other because now everyone's talking like when do they trade lindor who's one of the top five players in all baseball they've basically already written off signing him so right and it's lousy when you have when you root for a team that with ownership that doesn't like to spend money right. so um my will be uh to be seen and uh yes i threw the organizers of the french open uh on the boat but i'm going back to the french open because Roger Federer is going to play Rafael Nadal in, in, in the men's uh, semifinals on Friday. And automatically you think, uh, oh, it's Rafa, it's Clay, it's the French Open, uh, no sweat. But a couple of things that give Federer and Federer fans a bit of hope, even a sliver of hope, is that there will be two days off 
uh, between the semifinals or the today's matches in the semifinals. So Federer's got two days of rest. Plus, believe it or not, he's won the last five meetings with Nadal, and it's been over five years since Nadal has even beaten Federer in a, in a match. Yes, the matches haven't taken place on on clay and at the French Open, but if you're looking for a little silver lining, if you're a Federer fan, it, it's it's that he's got the two days off and he's had recent success against Nadal, so maybe Nadal is not quite in his head like like he used to be. So it's always a great matchup. It's the 39th time I believe they're going to play. Do so. these two guys age? That's I'm watching Federer today, and he looked great. Yeah, he's 37. He looked fantastic. I he was, feel like we've been hearing Federer and Nadal for yeah. a decade and, 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 and a half. And Nadal's in his early 30s too, so he's not he's not young by tennis. Like, there's such power in tennis now that you almost have to be older and more physically developed to like handle. Like you used to, these guys used to win. Agassi and Sampras were winning Grand Slams as teenagers. Yeah. Now teenagers can't even compete on the men's circuit because they're not physically developed enough to handle the pace and the grind of these matches. Like Vavrinka just played a five-hour match over the weekend, and he came back today and played three-plus hours with Federer, and he still was playing at a really high level. So Yeah, Federer was having trouble breaking him. Um, he was clearly outplaying Vavrinka today, and it was I, I was, he, it was concerned. The classic, it was the classic he can't convert exactly. the break point thing that's gotten him so many times against Nadal yep. even, even on clay so that's what so. concerns me um heading into this maybe if he if he gets a couple of if he gets a couple of breaks early or something and steals a set and gets the confidence going uh that's you know I I think he's got a, a better chance but it's gonna be a you, tall you, order you, you like Nadal's chances to I win do. I'm, um, my but, heart my heart's with Federer as always and I and I want to see him win that slam in particular by going through Nadal because when he won it when he won the, the French Open for the only time in his career he did not have to play Nadal who had gotten knocked out by Robin Soderling. by Robin Soderling, right. yes. yeah exactly so so I'm looking forward to Friday French Open the, the probably the two men's the, well Djokovic is in the conversation too but probably yeah, he's two, still he's still there too the, he's the still two, alive. Uh, the two men the two greatest men's tennis players ever I think so we'll play again for the 39th time so Anything else, um, boys, before we go? That's it. All right. We'll have to figure out more ways to tell people how to spend their money uh, uh, for next week's episode. So, yep. Until then, we'll see you. This has been Just Another Sports Podcast. Yeah.